Good morning. We are continuing in our study this morning of the book of 1 Samuel. Last week, we considered the godly response that Hannah had to all her pain and suffering. We saw that Hannah had encountered a great deal of heartache that was associated with not having a child. But Hannah had a very godly response to each of the incidences that she encountered that were associated with not having a child. She had a very godly response. We ended the story last week with a declaration that Hannah's prayer for a child would be answered. In 1 Samuel chapter 1, verses 17 and 18, we have the words of Eli the priest. Then Eli answered, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition that you have made to him. And she said, Let your servant find favor in your eyes. Then the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. This morning, we are focusing on Hannah's response in honoring the Lord. Our theme is the many ways that Hannah honors the Lord through the birth of Samuel. She was desirous of exalting the Almighty God. And so she honors the Lord in a variety of ways. First, Hannah honors the Lord through her worship of the Lord. In 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 19, it reads, They rose early in the morning and worshiped before the Lord. In all her excitement, Hannah and Elkanah did not forget to worship the Lord. Much had transpired the previous day. Elkanah and Hannah had been in the temple praying. Hannah had a unique uh, encounter with the priest, Eli. And then Hannah was provided great encouragement and hope concerning the birth of a child. And so she was delighted. She was encouraged. We found out last week that she no longer was weeping, no longer sad. It could have been easy for Hannah and Elkanah Uh, to make a beeline for home. They had a long trip before them. They were excited to return. But in all of that excitement and eagerness, uh, they did not neglect the worship of the Lord. I think there's a tremendous lesson for us there as well. And that is sometimes when people get what they want, when uh, they have offered a prayer and that prayer is going to come to pass, and they experience the blessings of it. They forget to return and uh, to worship, uh, to give honor unto the Lord in that regard. So may the Lord help us as we uh, seek to honor him, to continue to be faithful in our worship of him. Secondly, Hannah honors the Lord through the, remain, re, through the naming of her son. <coughs> Excuse me. Hannah had a son in keeping with her prayer. In 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 19, it reads, They rose early in the morning and worshipped before the Lord. Then they went back to their house at Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. And in due time, Hannah conceived and bore a son. So Hannah has the child that was 
prophesied. She has a son. Then Hannah named her son Samuel. Samuel means heard of God. Notice 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 20. In due time, Hannah conceived and bore a son, and she called his name Samuel. For she said, I have asked him from the Lord. She remembered and uh, the reality that this child was the result of her prayer, that this was the Lord's goodness and faithfulness to her. And so she honors the Lord by naming her child Heard of God. Samuel's name was to be a constant reminder to all that God had answered Hannah's prayer. Application, I know that many people, uh, many parents, uh, that seek to honor the Lord through the uh, naming of their children. It is good to be intentional in the naming of our children. Let them know the significance of their name, why it was that we chose the name that we chose for them. My parents, before I was born, prayed for a son. The reason they prayed for a son was they wanted their son to grow up to be a preacher. And so when I was born, they named me Calvin Torrey, after the theologian John Calvin, and after the preacher R.A. Torrey. So my name was Calvin Torrey. And they reminded me often as I was growing up the story of their prayer that I would become a pastor and the fact that I carried a namesake uh, of John Calvin and R.A. Torrey. And they hoped that I would follow in the footsteps of those two individuals. I'm appreciative today uh, as uh, I've been a pastor for over 40 years of my parents' uh, prayers for me even before I was born. Uh, for my upbringing, uh, for uh, their faithfulness to the Lord, but especially this aspect of uh, telling me the story of how they had prayed and uh, desired a son that would be a pastor and had named me uh, after John Calvin and R.A. Torrey. Uh, so Hannah uh, intentionally uh, seeks to honor the Lord through the naming of Samuel. Thirdly, Hannah honors the Lord through the keeping of her vow. And the uh, keeping of her vow was rather complicated in some respects. And so we want to look at the stages that Hannah went through in the keeping of her vow. Initially, Elkanah, Elkanah was concerned that Hannah was not going to keep her vow in dedicating Samuel to the Lord. If you look at 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 21, it reads, The man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer to the Lord the yearly sacrifice and to pay his vow. But Hannah did not go up. So when it came time for their yearly pilgrimage to Shiloh in order to worship the Lord there, as Elkanah was leaving, Hannah stayed behind. And so that created a bit of a concern on Elkanah's part, that perhaps uh, Hannah was going to renege on this vow of dedicating Samuel to the Lord. So Hannah provides an explanation to, Elkanah, uh, to Elkanah as to why she did not accompany him to the house of the Lord. 
That comes in verse 22 of chapter 1. But Hannah did not go up. For she said to her husband, As soon as the child is weaned, I will bring him, so that he may appear in the presence of the Lord and dwell there forever. So she gives an explanation of how uh, she is waiting for this child to be weaned. And once the child is weaned, uh, that is no longer nursing, no longer uh, needing to be by her side uh, constantly, uh, she would then take him to the house of the Lord and he would remain there. Elkanah is a good husband. And he listens to and supports Hannah's decision. In verse 23, Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Do what seems best to you. Do what seems best to you. Wait until you have weaned him. Sounds like a good plan. He's in full agreement. Uh, He supports her decision. Well, what comes next is, is very interesting, and that is that Elkanah also encourages Hannah to faithfully keep her vow. He encourages Hannah to faithfully keep her vow. The end of verse 23. I'll read the whole verse. Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Do what seems best to you. Wait until you have weaned him. Only may the Lord establish his word. So the woman remained and nursed her son until she weaned him. Those words, only may the Lord establish his word. Uh, That is an interesting Hebrew construction. One might expect it to say, may you establish your word, may may you do what you said you were going to do. But instead we, we have this awkward statement, may the Lord establish his word. As I said, the wording is unusual in the Hebrew, and it would seem as though we have in this response of Elkanah actually a very short prayer, uh, a desire for Hannah, and that is that the Lord would enable her to fulfill this vow. May the Lord establish his word. May God bring all of this to pass. Everything that has been said, not just the birth of the child, but the dedication of the child and the purpose of the child of honoring and serving the Lord. May God accomplish all of this. Uh, And so he is praying for Hannah in the difficulties that she is facing in uh, dedicating her child to the Lord. Hannah presents Samuel to the Lord at a very young age. Verse 24. And when she had weaned him, she took him up with her, along with a three-year-old bull, an ephah of flour, and a skin of wine. And she brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh. And the child was young. The child was young. How old was the child? We cannot say definitively. Um, how long does it take to, to wean a child? Um, there is a reference to a bull being three years of age. Perhaps that was symbolic of uh, Samuel's age. Uh, he might have been as old as three years of age. But he is very, very young. And the scripture wants us 
to not lose sight of that fact, for it tells us in verse 24 that the child was young. It is hard to let go of your children at any age. However, it is especially difficult to let go of them when they are so young and tender in their age. This speaks of the speedy fulfillment of Hannah's vow. The fact that as soon as it was possible for Samuel to be away from his mother, as soon as he no longer required his mother's milk, from that time on, they are going to be separated. Uh, He is going to be living in Shiloh. She is going to be going back to Ramah. You can imagine the emotional difficulty that would be uh, difficult for Hannah emotionally to part with this child that she had wanted so desperately. But Hannah relinquishes Samuel to the service of the Lord. Verses 25 and following. Then they slaughtered the bull and they brought the child to Eli. And she said, O my Lord, as you live, my Lord, I am the woman who was standing here in your presence praying to the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition that I made to him. Therefore, I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he is lent to the Lord. And he worshiped the Lord there. Lent is a play on words in the Hebrew. Uh, The word for lent uh, is actually a form of the word to petition. So she says, in essence, I petitioned him of the Lord, so I have petitioned him to the Lord to return that which she had received as a promise. Now she is promising and giving him to the Lord. She is keeping her vow. She is doing the very thing that she said that she would do. Application. We too should be careful to keep our vows to the Lord. One might say, well, what else do you expect Hannah to do? Well, yes, we would expect that Hannah would keep her vow. But uh, so many times we expect people to keep their vows and they don't. Uh, I, I think of the dedication vows that people make concerning their children. Uh, in our setting, uh, one of the questions that's asked is, will you regularly bring your child to the house of the Lord? Uh, there are parents that are very faithful in keeping that vow. There are other parents that are not very faithful in keeping that vow. Uh, one of the vows is, will you encourage your uh, child to, to memorize uh, portions of the scripture? There are those that do encourage their children to memorize portions of the scripture. They uh, teach the Bible at home and encourage their children to memorize it. They involve their children in Embark, uh, a good way to uh, help them uh, develop a a Bible memorization plan uh, and uh, learn a good portion of scripture. But there are others that uh, don't take that vow very seriously. There are wedding vows that people take. And uh, they are vows uh, till death 
do us part. There are some that keep those vows. There are others that do not keep those vows. So Hannah is to be praised as a woman who keeps her vows in spite of the emotional difficulty in doing so. In the book of Ecclesiastes, in Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 4, it reads, When thou vowest a vow unto God, defer not to pay it, for he hath no pleasure in fools. Pay that which thou hast vowed. So it's important for us to keep our vows unto the Lord. Then Hannah honored the Lord through her prayer of thanksgiving. Hannah honored the Lord through her prayer of thanksgiving. Hannah is rejoicing in the Lord upon the dedication of her child. Hannah is overcome with a spirit of praise as she commits Samuel to the Lord. She is not saddened in this instance. Uh, She does not go away forlorn. She is not melancholy uh, on the dedicating of her child, but rather her heart soars. And so she offers this wonderful prayer of thanksgiving and rejoicing. Yet it is not simply a thanksgiving for the birth of a son. In fact, the subject of barrenness and birth giving is not mentioned in this prayer until verse 5. It is really an oracle of praise to God who reverses human fortunes by his mighty power. So we'll very quickly look at this prayer that Hannah offers in thanksgiving and rejoicing upon the dedication of Samuel. Hannah rejoices in the person and work of God. First, Hannah rejoices in God's preeminence. God is incomparable. Verse 2, there is none holy like the Lord, for there is none besides you. There is no rock like our God. Hannah begins by ascribing to God a preeminence, uh, a uniqueness. He is a God like no other. The very first commandment of God is thou shalt have no other gods before me. And uh, as we read that in English, we might think that means that God needs to be number one and all other gods are number two, three, or four. But in actuality, when it says thou shalt have no other gods before me, it means in my presence. In my presence. I am to be the only God. No other God is to be worshipped or ascribed honor to in my presence. I am unique. And of course, God's presence is everywhere. Hannah acknowledges there is no God like the God of the Bible. Secondly, Hannah rejoices in God's perception. In God's perception. Verse 3. Talk no more so very proudly. Let not arrogance once from your mouth. Why? For the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. God is a God of knowledge. God knows 
all about our situations. He knows about our downsetting and our uprising. He is acquainted with all of our ways. God knows all that we are going through. He knows all that we experienced. He knows all that we are facing. And in that knowledge, he is a perfect judge. For it says in the end of verse 3, and by him actions are weighed. God makes a determination about our actions. We answer to God. God is not answerable to us. And so she ascribes glory to God, and she says that no one should be proud. No one should be arrogant with their mouth. No one is to challenge God in his decisions, in his justice, in his goodness, in his holiness, for he is the one who weighs the actions. He judges us. We do not judge him. Thirdly, Hannah rejoices in God's provision. God is able to reverse the course of life's events. 1 Samuel 2.5 Those who were full have hired themselves out for bread, but those who were hungry have ceased to hunger. And now this, the barren has borne seven, but she who has many children is forlorn. So here is the changing of one's situation. And certainly it is illustrative even of uh, Hannah's situation, wherein uh, Paniah had many children but was forlorn. Uh, Hannah was barren, but then she is able to give birth and she is rejoicing. And certainly this truth is very applicable to Hannah uh, about uh, bearing seven, for Hannah is going to have five children as we see at the close of this narrative. But at this point, she has but Samuel. And Samuel is enough for her. She is rejoicing in God's goodness and provision. Next, Hannah rejoices in God's prerogatives. God, the wise ruler, sets forth the order of life. Verses 6 through 8. The Lord kills and brings to life. He brings down to Sheol and raises up. The Lord makes poor and makes the rich. He brings low and he exalts. He raises up the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes and inherit a seat of honor. For the pillars are the earth of the Lord's and on them he has set the world. So God is able to do what he will, and what he does is right. Hannah rejoices in God's protection. Verse 9, he will guard the feet of his faithful one. And then lastly, Hannah rejoices over God's prevailing over his enemies. Verse 10, the adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces. Against them he will thunder in heaven. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. God's helping Hannah with regards to Paniah has far greater reaches than, that, than just that. God is at work not only in Hannah's life, 
but the life of the nation of Israel as well. Samuel is not going to just be a blessing to Hannah and Elkanah, but he is going to be a blessing to the nation, and he's going to be a blessing to the world. God is going to lift him up. God is going to exalt him. God is going to put him in a high place, even though he comes from such a low pedigree. And so we have this incredible prayer honoring the person and work of God. Then lastly, Hannah honored the Lord through her continued faithfulness. Hannah honored the Lord through her continued faithfulness. Hannah honored the Lord through her continued faithfulness to Samuel. Jumping down to verse 18 of chapter 2, we read this. Samuel was ministering before the Lord, a boy clothed with an ephod. And his mother used to make for him a little robe and take it to him each year. Sounds like a small thing. But Hannah was faithful in caring for her son. She did not forget about him. Uh, she was not uh, indifferent to him. But in tenderness, she continued uh, to make an ephod for uh, Samuel every year. And Hannah honored the Lord through her continued faithfulness to the Lord in verse 19. And his mother used to make for him a little robe and take it to him each year when she went up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. She went to the temple not just simply to visit her son. She went to the temple not simply to present him with this gift. She went to the temple not simply to meet Samuel's need, but she went to the temple to continue to worship, and to continue to offer sacrifices to the Lord. Hannah was faithful in all aspects of her life. She was faithful in her family, and she was faithful in her worship. She did not create a dichotomy between the sacred and the secular. She did not create a dichotomy between her family and her worship. But she realized that in serving the Lord, she was serving her family, and in serving her family, she was serving the Lord. She had this unique understanding of faithfulness. One of the greatest ways that we can honor the Lord is simply by being faithful. Year after year, after year, staying faithful to our families, staying faithful to our duties and responsibilities, staying faithful in our worship to the Lord, staying faithful in our service to him. That is showing great honor to the Lord. Uh, that's what service is all about. And so we find that uh, Samuel grows Samuel grows. First uh, Samuel chapter 2, verse 20. Uh, Hannah is blessed for her continued faithfulness to the Lord. Verse 20, then Eli 
would bless Elkanah and his wife and say, may the Lord give you children by this woman for the petition she asked of the Lord. So then they would return to their home. Indeed, the Lord visited Hannah and she conceived and bore three sons and two daughters. The petition that is spoken of in verse 20 is the petition regarding Samuel. There is no mention of Hannah praying for other children. But the Lord knew her desire, and the Lord granted her desire, and blessed that desire, and blessed her faithfulness. And she did not let her desire for children override her commitment to the Lord and the offering of Samuel to the Lord. But God was gracious and gave her other sons and daughters that would live with her, that she could rear, that she could have a relationship to. Uh, The Lord was pleased with Hannah's faithfulness. And then we find that Samuel grows, verse 21. Indeed, the Lord visited Hannah, she conceived, and bore three sons and two daughters, and the boy Samuel grew in the presence of the Lord. He remained in the care of Eli. He remains in the temple. He remains a servant of God from a very, very young age, from the time that he is approximately three years old and on up. He's being tutored. He's being developed. He's being mentored. And he's growing in God's presence. That has both physical connotations as he needs a new ephod year by year as the child grows. And it has spiritual connotations, which we will see uh, in just a couple of weeks, how Samuel is growing and developing and understanding who God is and his relationship to the Lord. In conclusion, let us be careful that we too would seek to honor the Lord, that that would be our ultimate response to the answers of prayer, to the blessings that we enjoy, to the experiences that we have in life, whether they be difficult or hard. We honor the Lord in our worship. We can honor the Lord in the naming of our children. And I would encourage you to think very carefully about the names that you give to your your children. We can honor the Lord through the keeping of our commitments, of our vows. That which we say we're going to do, that we do. We can honor the Lord through our prayers of rejoicing, especially in giving thanks for answered prayers. And all that we learn about the goodness of God, the uniqueness of God, the provision of God. And then lastly, we can honor the Lord through our continued faithfulness to him. May God give us strength. And may God give us a willing spirit that we would remain faithful to the Lord for the entirety of our lives. That we would never cease to honor him through the faithfulness discharge of our duties and the faithful worship that we have to the true and almighty God. 
May we remain faithful to the day that we die. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, help us uh, to honor you in all that we do. Uh, Honor you in our worship. Honor you in the naming of our children. Honor you in the keeping of our commitments. Honoring you through our prayers of rejoicing and thanksgiving. And honoring you in our faithfulness. In the exercise of all of our duties. And in our worship to you. O Lord, bring honor and glory to your name through us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.